Namaste. So today we come to the last part of letters on yoga, but there are many more letters which are not in these four volumes. Some letters are in poetry, art and culture. Some of the most important letters which we'll read subsequently are part of letters on the mother, then letters on himself and the ashram. So all these letters form the largest body of Sri works. And uh, this is where the practice of yoga is given. So people who often say, ki, where is the practice? Of course, the synthesis of yoga has sufficient amount of practice. Or rather, let me say the principles behind the practice. If we get that principles, we can uh, improvise in the sense that apply it in our own life. But here there is a detailed practice. So as we have said, first part deals with the fundamentals of the integral yoga. Then the second part is with regard to the practice, the methods of like, for instance, meditation, works, bhakti and all these things. The third part deals with experiences and realization. And fourth part deals with primarily the working of the yoga force on different layers of the mind. So, for example, when we read volume 2 of Letters on Yoga, we will see he speaks about meditation, number of methods and, you know, ways. Or in yoga of devotion, he'll speak about bhakti. Uh, then, of course, there are certain um, overlaps also. For instance, in volume 2, we'll find something about uh, emotions, something about, uh, you know, uh, human relationship. But here, he is dealing with real life situations and every sphere of life. How the yoga is applied and not only applied, basically once the yoga is taken up, uh, then how the different layers respond and react to it. So in volume 4, we see now that whole working going in micro details. So first is the big roadmap. The second is, well, you have to walk. So what are the main steps you have to take? Which way to go? And the third is, as you walk, what are the experiences you are likely to encounter? How to take them? What are the dangerous dangers? What are the... Uh, beauty and you know all the, all those things and the fourth is every little detail so Shurabindo with it's all his compassion if I look at it I, I, I am sure from whatever I have read that there is no single body of spiritual literature which contains in such detail every area of life and Shurabindo had no reason to do it except his compassion there were letters after letters and sometimes people would uh, literally almost accuse that well Two days my letter has gone unreplied. And Shrubindu would like a perfect gentleman say um, uh, almost apologetically that <laughs> I have been very busy with things. Uh, it's not by intention that I have neglected. It's, it's amazing the kind of compassion. He literally uh, lost his eyes to give us sight. And uh, as I said, these letters uh, which is I feel from the pragmatic point of view the most important. Also because in terms of time, they are the last ones. So we have the major works during the Arya period. But let us come later on. It's only when the disciples came. There are some letters we'll find with regard to uh, when he was writing the Arya, people raised questions. But that's hardly anything. So letters come mainly after 1927. Most of the bulk of it. So they are very, very special. And uh, as the sadhana proceeded, in different people, different reactions rose with regard to the working of the yoga force because ashram is a miniature laboratory. And each person at that point of time was a representative of a certain challenge or difficulty. Mother used the term once, impossibility. 
Later on, she said, okay, I don't want to use the word impossibility. After the supramental manifestation, she spoke of difficulty and a possibility. But before the supramental manifestation, she spoke of impossibility. Literally, uh, what the ancient yogi said that human nature can be modified within certain limits. Sattva-shansuddhi or a certain kind of uplifting. But beyond a point, a complete transformation of earthly life, beyond an ideal humanity, it's impossible to, for human beings to become divine in not only within but also in outer nature, in the surface consciousness, in the very body. This is something which is beyond comprehension. So what they were doing were they were applying the yoga force. That time the supermind had not manifested. Shobindu's letters. So as they were applying the yoga force, there were different reactions. So you can take it like a laboratory. So human beings reacted differently. And these reactions covered the entire range of human beings. This was the occult plan. So it's not like we are going to have some new challenge which nobody has ever faced. If we read through the letters, we will see that there is not a single human difficulty which has not been dealt with. And not only not dealt with, but dealt with from many angles. So, uh, of course, one has to go through the volumes. <laughs> and um, there are three kinds of people to whom these letters will be very useful. Uh, one who want to understand in general the principles of existence, like volume one, all Satchidanand, creation, Jivatma, uh, all these questions. Um, you know, what is the cosmic consciousness, the transcendent, the trinity, the seven chakras, all this for any seeker of spiritual um, path can will find many, many beautiful hints. Second is those who want to practice traditional yoga. So for traditional yoga, uh, also we will see many practices because there are many things which are common. How to conquer desire, how to get rid of ego. Now this is common to all paths. How to meditate. So, there are many things. Bhakti, what really bhakti means? What is the karma yoga as enunciated in the Gita? What is the power of Namjap? So, all this is useful to any spiritual seeker. So, people can pick and choose from there. Then to those who are on the path of integral yoga. Because here, yoga is not only for liberation of the soul, but our liberation of nature. So, that's where there are challenges. Uh, transformation of nature, first liberation of nature and then transformation of nature. So it is a much more uh, detailed process. And a fourth variety I would say that there are many people who um, are not spiritual seekers but they very much want to understand how to sleep, how to eat. For instance, people may ask, is onion eating good or bad? Is fasting good or bad? Or, um, you know, things like vegetarianism. Um, what are the you know, action of human interactions, human interchanges, human relationships. These are issues which concern everybody across the board. So even those who are not seekers, who don't want to understand the deeper uh, metaphysics or yoga and sadhana, even they would be largely very much benefited. Because here we will see that he touches almost every aspect, not almost, that's in undermining, every aspect of human nature. So, we have for example, section 1, the mind and sadhana. Now he will take up how the mind can respond to the sadhana. For instance, people are full of doubt sometimes. Or they may be credulous, two sides. Or suggestions may come to the mind. Can the mind be a help in the yoga or can the mind be an obstacle in the yoga? And all these things he talks about mind and inspiration, mind and psychic, mind and supermind, intellect and the intellectuals. 
and here he starts with limitations of the intellect then what is pure reason the intellectual man and the emotional man we often you know compare these two and in great detail obviously i am not going to read all any of the section completely uh, because if i do that i have to read every letter it's very difficult to pick one letter because it'll give one angle of vision this is just an exposure for people to uh, i think these books are very readily available uh, online or uh, whatever way so then see mental difficulties and the need of quietude now see what are the difficulties here just just to read the titles the activity of the mind imaginations confusion worry hastiness slowness <laughs> opposing points of view stillness analysis and dissec- uh, dissection volume 4 silliness thank you the need of quietude so all these aspects imagine a word like silliness slowness all every aspect is dealt with and from the highest yogic vision so he has given the essence of why it is there and the essence of what you should do to come out of it the physical mind is sadhana he further elaborates so it's like you know we are traveling on the road and we have a little uh, in so he is telling us what this in is be careful about what what you may get here what is the menu card what is that price every detail so now he goes for the physical mind and sadhana physical mind is the mind which raises doubts which is bound to the senses so for this mind sensory data is the only data so uh, if it becomes active what are we going to do about it then thought and knowledge so this is how but this is not enough section 2 is cultivation of the mind in yoga i see i'm just selecting the topics just just naming them out the development of the mind reading and sadhana what is its place what is its role reading what is helpful to the sadhana reading and detachment reading novels and newspapers so can we imagine is there anything left and he's not saying as good and bad he is giving us the principle and what is its effect the beauty of shirobindo is he he will tell us what is the truth behind things and then he will leave us free just like the gita we see shri krishna after telling the entire cosmos revealing the cosmos and the transcendent and at the end he says he i have told you what i had to say now it is up to you to decide and make your take your call the place of study in sadhana i i mean people that's why uh, there was one person who was uh, who was tell, narrating me this story when he came here when i came here he had been here for many years so he was telling me actually i was studying in school and uh, i was studying history then someone i won't name but uh, was quite into yoga uh, this yoga he said what is the point of studying because you have to realize the divine and he had left his studies and came i said yes that's fine but that's the old story how will you manifest the divine if you have not developed the intellectual capacity so you see uh, had if we read these letters all these things will be very clear in fact everything has its place in yoga rightly used what is that right use what is wrong use what is misuse imagination right use of imagination can open the path misuse of imagination morbid imagination 
So all these school studies and yoga, study of languages, <laughs> philosophy. I mean, so anyways, power of expression, speech and yoga. I'll take something on speech later on. But first I'm just reading the issues. Then sadhana on the level of the vital. What is meant by on the level of the vital and on the level of the mind? It means that when the yoga shakti descends, normally in this yoga it starts working from above downwards. So when it puts a pressure on the mind, then what happens? It's like as long as we are inside the comfort zone of the house, we don't know what's happening outside. When we go out and the sun becomes blazing hot, then we take out the chata. Now this, this umbrella which is meant to defend against the rays of the sun also cuts off the rays of the sun from reaching our body. So this is a paradox. <laughs> so when the pressure of the yoga, the pressure of the yoga force or the mother's force, call it whatever, begins to work, then the resistances begin to come up. Now this is something unique to this yoga. So in every yoga, there will be some resistance. It's not in cakewalk. But here, resistances come supported by the subconscious. And each individual becomes a representative of a type of difficulty. So normally, of course, supposing someone has anger and one has to work upon anger. But in this yoga, a person, one person who sincerely takes up the yoga, supposing he has a problem of anger. Then this anger, he has to work out not only for himself, but for the Cosmic issue of anger. So it is a much greater challenge and that's how people often ask how are uh, people here helping humanity. That term of course is, is very... <laughs> people think that by opening free hospitals and giving food you help humanity. Maybe we make them more lazy unless we want to convert. We see what has happened in Africa and other nations wherever the Christian missionaries went to convert people. They started helping in... The, and this help has turned out to pauperize their energies. And they become completely dependent. We know that there are nations which have become vassal states. That's hardly help. That's often a harm. So to equip a person to take the challenge of life, rather than just give him free food, I mean, free lunch, free television, free bus rides, whatever, you know. This is the most damaging, I mean, leave aside insulting to human consciousness. So, but here... Shubhinda will tell us that, you know, as the pressure comes, there are reactions which come up. And uh, to different people react differently. And therefore, at that very time, he has ensured like Krishna to Arjuna. Now, when we see that Arjuna raises this problem in the battlefield that I am feeling moha. Now, is it only Arjuna or isn't it applying to all of us? So, through Arjuna, we something in us resonates. That when there is a conflict of dharmas, Arjuna is not, uh, Arjuna is clear. He is not about dharma and a dharma. It is between two different dharmas. One is the dharma where one must defend the family and look after its needs. And the other dharma is one must stand for what is justice. And there is a third dharma which Sri Krishna reveals that, okay, come out of this personal cage. Uh, but... Think of the dharma of the expression of truth in mankind, collective march of mankind. So, uh, during these moments of conflict, how are we to resolve all these things? Are there in the Gita? Now here, through these individuals, Shubhindu is answering to all of us. So we have vital, its nature, and one very interesting, like a good instrument but a bad master. 
See, the vital becomes the master, there is chaos. Of course, we know that. What it means by surrender of the vital, conversion of the vital, the vital and other levels, wrong movements, which includes periods of restlessness, dryness, suggestions, dissatisfaction, revolt. And these revolts can take strange ways. Sometimes, procrastination is a kind of revolt of the vital system. It will not put effort. So there are many ways in which it goes into a shutdown mode. Then the lower vital, which we all know, vital temperament, cheerfulness, humor. Cheerfulness is the salt of sadhana, salt of life. So yes, uh, I mean, sadhana is done by a glad and not a despondent heart, as Sri Krishna says in the Gita. And one of the signs that one is progressing right on the road is the increase of joy in the being, peace and joy. And uh, seriousness in yoga does not translate into sorrow. Repeatedly he says, because we are going to Anandame. Not only we are going to Anandame, we are being carried by Anandame. <laughs> so how can there be unhappiness and sorrow? So all this we'll see. But okay, sorrow comes, so sorrow and suffering. Melancholy, depression, depression from where it comes, dealing with depression, depression in the gospel of sorrow, despair and despondency. Now, this is needed for everybody. I think one of the most common major causes of suffering in the world and unfortunately which goes most unrecognized is depression. Probably 40% of illnesses are because of an undercurrent of depression because the joy of life nourishes you. And when the joy sinks, there are various reasons why it sinks, then various kind of illnesses come. There are statistical data that cancers, blood pressure, strokes, they have an increased tendency in those who are going through chronically depressed. I mean, chronic depression itself is a bad thing. Then it affects the body. So these are things for everyone. And again, as I said, these are... Uh, each topic uh, is is a whole, I would say, at least a half-day workshop, like sentimentalism, sensitiveness, shyness. Shyness, he distinguishes two kinds of shyness. So one is because you want to hold something sacred. The other is where there is a kind of ego involved. Because you don't want to be rejected. You don't want people to you know, pass a comment on you. So you are very sensitive about this. So you are shy because you don't want to... Uh, reveal, uh, lest it be attacked or lest uh, somebody passes a remark. The other is of course because you want things to be sacred and therefore indecision and instability. Laxity. <laughs> so, <laughs> then we have vital defects. Then ego and its forms. We often think ego and egocentricity as synonyms. But egocentricity is where ego is the center and therefore we are centered around ourselves. But ego is the sense of being separate. It's a, uh, it's what the Sankhya would say, one of the greatest um, powerful illusions created by nature for a certain purpose. So ego, egocentricity and how to get rid of these things. Egoism, ego in different parts, mental ego, vital ego, physical ego. And when we read, uh, Shabinda speaks of all this uh, beautifully, even in records, the Bhagavad Gita speaks about it. Tamasic ego. I am useless. I am unfit. I have seen people sometimes say that, how can I, 
I do anything of the mother, I am not capable. Nobody can do anything of the mother. But if she chooses, anything can do. Anything. So that's how, you know. Um, then of course, magnified ego. One of the worst and dangerous forms is I am a sadhak. And uh, that's bad enough. <laughs> I am a great sadhak. Advanced sadhak. That's, uh, what shall I say? If there can be anything worse than <laughs> worst. Selfishness. Ambition, vanity, pride, self-respect. So is there a difference between self-respect and ego? Shubhinda says, yes. Self-respect is healthy. To an extent, it is required in human beings. But tendency to get hurt, that is where egoism comes. You should not be, you should be above hurt, above insult. But self-respect is a different thing altogether. You don't become a football and let anybody... Because I have seen people who say, no, 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 because you know we have to conquer egoism. So it's okay, anybody is abusing me, I should quietly take it. That's called becoming a martyr and that's not the path of yoga. Jealousy, wounded feeling, ingratitude. Then comes a whole section on desire, then anger and violence, fear and yoga... I think uh, maybe, you know, I should uh, come to reading a few uh, letters because otherwise just reading the list. But I must read the list so that we know what is available. Nowhere else one would get these things. Human relations in yoga, wonderful. Family ties and duties. I am resisting the temptation to say what is there because let people read it and get the joy. Normally we say family duty is the ultimate. What would Shivinda say? Shivinda would say that, well, there is no duty greater than duty towards the divine. And while family duty has its place in the great scheme of things, but not, then we understand Mirabai, then we understand Buddha. We can't apply our standards or Vivekananda for that matter. When Vivekananda comes uh, and, you know, he has his, his uh, mother and his sister. They went through a lot of financial difficulties. And he even asked Sri Ramakrishna. And he says, you go and ask Mother Kali. And he goes there and asks Jnana Bhakti Vairagya. It's a very touching story. Now somebody would say that he should have gone back. He was a very brilliant man. Earned a lot of money. Or at least as a sannyasi when he earned money, he should have helped them. But he doesn't do any of those things. See, this is the path they have gone. Now, had Vivekananda gone back and got looked after his mother and sister, possibly got married or whatever. Maybe they would have been brilliant children and, you know, we super family life. But the world would have lost the eye of Shiva, which took the world in the hall of his hands. The West probably would have been deprived for long for this light. So which Vivekananda are we going to value? Same with Sri Ramakrishna. Imagine he went back and taught vernacular in Sanskrit <laughs> because his father was a Pandit. And had he just continued with the profession or the Ramakrishna who in his seeking for the divine abandoned everything. So this is where we have to understand. Family ties, they have their place. Everything in its place is okay. But when you go to next level, can we advance one step without leaving this step which is behind? So all these things... Um, Relations between parents and children. Old relations. So somebody asked this uh, duty toward the parents. Pita mata ki prati kards hota hai na? What is it called? Debt. He said all that is uh, social constructed. <laughs> there is no spiritual truth in it. 
you see where is he friendship and affection vital love vital love and psychic love relations between men and women in yoga loneliness there is no subject here left untouched interactions with others and the practice of yoga working with others mixing with others plenty of subject problems in human relationships okay hatred and dislike quarrels and clashes one of the most common why quarrels take place how to uh, get rid of this it's a disease actually a disease that afflicts as far as i mean i i surmise every family <laughs> in fact people eulogize it says if there is no quarrel that means there is no love i have not heard something more silly than that if two people love each other they are bound to quarrel even they say it's a sign that there is love why why can't love be beautiful why should it be quarrelous and all these things he deals with fault finding and criticism but benefiting from criticism sadhana on the physical subconscious and inconscient levels so here again all about the body care of the body weakness of the body difficulties of the physical nature and food sleep dreams and sex all of them so food is fasting a good thing shabdu would say no because it uh, and he had actually practiced it 21 days shrivindo went without food and water continued to walk 8 hours a day all his activities and when he broke the fast it was not slowly he went back to his normal so he had experimented all these things so when he says it's not just a theory and then he says that no it only stimulates the vital nerves creates a certain excitement and people may feel a certain energy people say that when we fast we get energy yes there is a vital energy it's not the purest energy why because the vital in us begins to feed upon your own body and one also draws because simply because one is not having enough so it draws energy from the environment it's a mixed kind and there is so much thing even in he says that fasting is not the way to realize uh, those you know the self it's a different thing that sometimes one may forget about food but certainly fasting is not the way equally indulgent is not the way greed is not the way so does it mean that i take uh, mix karela and rasgulla and says no you must know the distinction and difference <laughs> so in great detail taste sensitivity to smell can we beat it <laughs> fasting types of food shobindo seems to uh, be not very fond of people eating onion he says that it is tam samaso rajasik chilies he says something very interesting Uh, he says chilies excite the sexual centers even onions may do that to an extent now imagine such small but he is saying if somebody wants to eat he can eat it he is not saying from tomorrow you leave these things but he is telling us like a scientist dekho ye karne se ye hota hai if you eat this this how the effect is and not one letter number of letters i was so surprised when i read about chilies and how it has an effect on different centers and we is talking of centers he is literally telling us that where in the brain probably it uh, stimulates which probably we are yet to discover so uh, vegetarian food satvic food uh, of course he says in general it is exaggerated but yes 
एट ए सर्टन स्टेज ऑफ साधना सात्विक फूड इज बेटर एंड मेनी ऑफ द थिंग्स ऑटोमेटिकली ड्रॉप ऑफ ऑफकोर्स इंटॉक्सिकेंट्स स्लीप एंड रेस्ट नंबर ऑफ लेटर्स जस्ट टेल यू फ्रॉम फोर पेज फोर थर्टी सेवन टू फोर फिफ्टी फाइव इज ओनली ऑन स्लीप नंबर ऑफ लेटर्स देन ड्रीम्स सेक्स सो अगेन यू नो वॉट इज द वे बिकॉज इट्स वन ऑफ द बिग चैलेंजेस ब्रह्मचर्या इज सो मच स्ट्रेस्ड एंड ब्रह्मचर्या इज बिकॉज वेन यू कंजर्व अगेन नॉट बिकॉज ऑफ मॉरल रीजन इट्स ए नेचुरल थिंग इन नेचर एंड इवन इट हैज इट्स हाई अपलिफ्टिंग पॉइंट्स एज लॉन्ग एज इट इज नॉट लाइक एनिमल वेन टू ह्यूमन बींग्स येट फॉर योगा सो इट्स एन एनर्जी विच इज थ्रोन आउट इंस्टेड ऑफ दैट इफ इट इज कंजर्व देन इट इज अवेलेबल टू बी लिफ्टेड अप the entire theory of uh, rithas changing into tejas tejas changing into ojas ojas changing into virias virias is the spiritual energy so when then you understand what how beautifully indian thought had used terms virya path was never about just seminal fluid it's a fall from a certain height uh, which gets transmitted and well these are things one experiences and understand they so true but again he is not putting it as a taboo he is not saying that somebody in someone had once uh, had a uh, conference on aids and said that the uh, solution is <laughs> sexual abstinence and wanted <laughs> this is not what he is saying he is not saying these thing that anybody anywhere for average humanity it is sanyama don't let it be like an animal or a perverse thing that's that's for the average but for these aspirant of yoga a little mastery and for the ultimate aspirant towards physical transformation a complete freedom from the sexual impulse so there are stages and steps and there also is not saying that you read today from tomorrow you say okay i am a master it doesn't work so he gives us all the ways even including uh, sex dreams emissions celibacy marriage the relationship of man and woman skin diseases and sex so there is as i said running till almost how many pages almost from page 485 to 545 so roughly 60 pages so we can imagine that what would have been left after that so these are questions people often ask please refer to letters on yoga and each section can be read independently we don't have to know the foundations fundamentals practices to read let us say on sleep dreams food independently you can read and then of course illness and health and often i say that i wish one day we will practice it i mean i'm talking of even devotees of mother and shirobindo because there is a beautiful letter of shirobindo on influenza and covid 19 had come i had shown it but nobody is interested so what really is influenza how to really take care of that vaccine people showed all kinds of things whereas shubhendu says for all its merits he is not denying its merits but he is saying it's a dark and dangerous principle today we are speaking of you know thrombosis and sudden deaths and all that shubhendu had foreseen seen something so all this is there and you know how different psychological states cause illness so much we have already talked about uh, on these topics doctors and medicines i'll read one of the letters specific illnesses okay quickly i'll see the list cancer 
tuberculosis, fever, influenza, head cold, weak vision, glaucoma, stammering, menstrual problems, constipation, sciatica, growing taller, bearing the heat <laughs> and of course the subconscious and finally difficulties in the practice of the integral yoga. These were not difficulties. These were working on the different planes. So, human nature and imperfections, periods of arrest, resistances, sufferings and falls in yoga, right attitude toward difficulties, overcoming them, vigilance and dealing with depression and despondency, hostile forces and difficulties of yoga, accidents, position, madness and plenty, plenty, plenty. So, what shall I say? Nothing is left unsaid. People often say, whom should we go for guidance? See, it is said, when the master is physically not there, and till you have discovered him, either by the eye of faith or by the force of aspiration, you can discover the master inside. But till then, that's why there is the scripture. Plenty of people who have read the Gita and realized wonderful states. So here, Sri has given not one scripture. Every master gives a scripture to help because he knows that physically. But here, there is not one scripture. 35 volumes or 37 volumes. Mother's complimentary 30, 18 volumes. Maybe another will come. Where all these things are again stated, again from even more practical. So Sri is telling us Micro detail, look here, this, uh, look at this little rock, you may slip over it. Uh, mother will teach you that, well, what this rock really consists of, she goes into still more zooming into it. And uh, it's amazing. I, I think this is one of their gifts of grace. And it's a pity that we don't read it. Because most people I have heard, they tell me that they have read the life divine. And then they say they don't understand anything. Shurabindo is very difficult. So now we are going to read and see how difficult is Shurabindo. <laughs> letters on yoga. Here he is speaking about one of the letters. As I said, it's speech. I am randomly pick, picked up. The psychic self-control that is desirable in these surroundings and in the midst of discussion would mean among other things. One. Not to allow the impulse of speech to assert itself too much or say anything without reflection, but to speak always with a conscious control and what is necessary and helpful. I think it is a fairly easy, simple English. Two, to avoid all debate, dispute or too animated discussion and simply say what has to be said and leave it there. There should also be no insistence that you are right and the others wrong. Each must go their own way. Don't try to force another person into believing what you are saying, even if you are 100% right. Because he is not ready for that right. Very often, prematurely when we say something, it only makes people resist more. So there are people who, for instance, get into debate that you know he doesn't believe in God. So... How to convince? I say, why you want to convince? If God is not willing to convince him, what is the problem if he doesn't believe in God? It makes no difference to God, that vastness which has built this entire creation, many layered universe. You think that really Mr. X, Y, Z, 
be it a great scientist, somebody says, I don't believe in God, he's going to say, what? I am going to convince you by some magic or miracle? No. <laughs> He'll say, okay, come. Nothing exists. So he will meet God in nothingness. See, it's infinite. It is not something like the way we understand with a small limited mind. Yes, if somebody asks specifically, then we can respond. But not with the idea of converting the person to our own you know, way of understanding. They, uh, then number three, to keep the tone of speech and the wording very quiet and calm and uninsistent. Number four, not to mind at all if others are heated and dispute. But remain quiet and undisturbed. This is yoga in its own right. I think if one can practice these six things, one is a yogi. (laughs) And undisturbed and yourself speak only what can help things to be smooth again. Five, this is very important because this is a disease, Shobindo says, which has afflicted people universally, including the ashram. If there is gossip about others and harsh criticism, especially about sadhaks, not to join. For these things are helpful in no way and only lower the consciousness from its higher level. And number six, to avoid all that would hurt or wound others. We only use that satyam, vada, then priyam, something, that's all. But look at how many details Shobindo is revealing to us. Okay. The habit of criticism. Mostly ignorant criticism of others, mixed with all sorts of imaginations, inferences, exaggerations. Look at how detailed, threadbare analysis. Two, we may see one thing, then we add to this imagination. Then we add inferences based on our imagination. Then we exaggerate. You have seen two people moving together. Then you say, from first to second it goes... Third person, they had embracing each other and walking down. Fourth person, God knows where it goes. Exaggerations. False interpretations. Even if you saw that, what does it mean? You don't know the inner state and attitude. Even gross inventions, because we see in the world what is inside us. (laughs) That is reflected. Is one of the universal illnesses of the ashram. So be careful. (laughs) It is a disease of the vital aided by the physical mind which makes itself an instrument of the pleasure taken in this barren and harmful pursuit of the vital. Why? Because it makes me feel, ah, I am great. Look at this person. He is such a useless fellow. Not realizing that you are standing where you are while that person is moving ahead. (laughs) So, control of the speech, refusal of this disease, again he is calling, and the itch of the vital is very necessary if inner experience has to have any true effect of transformation in the outer life. So very clearly, then of course speaking of truth, he says, yes, you must speak the truth, but you must also know that not everything needs to be spoken. Silence is golden. You are not compelled to speak everything. Because only to the divine we can speak everything. And he also says, because even if you speak, and you are correct, there is nothing big. It will be misunderstood. So he is very clear on this that to conceal the truth by silence or refusal to speak is permissible because the truth may be misunderstood or misused by those who are not prepared for it or who are opposed to it. 
it may even be made a starting point for distortion or sheer falsehood. So, then he speaks of six cardinal defects in the vital. Again, these are random selections. Some of those which over years I used to find very interesting. So, I marked these and they got stuck into my memory. So, these six cardinal defects. And if I tell you the name of the sadhak to whom it will remain, people will be very shocked. So, let me keep it <laughs> quiet. A certain vanity and arrogance and self-assertive rajasic vehemence. I am great. I cannot be wrong. You. Okay. So he says, The necessity of making a figure, maintaining by any means position and prestige, starting from the way we dress to create an impression upon others, the way we go about, all show and sham, posturing, gesturing, all these falsehood, even of posturing before others, influencing, controlling, claiming the part of superior sadhaks, one with greater knowledge and with occult powers. Just imagine, when we understand, look at mother's story, she had all the powers which we can imagine. And when that cat dies of the scorpion sting, the mother doesn't do magic like that. She picks up and brings to Shubindo. And says, I suppose she must live. And Shubindo says nothing. He just looks at the cat intently. And after a few minutes, she starts straightening her body. And then she takes a jump and then <laughs> goes away. He didn't say, Dekha. Just doing it very naturally. Another when rains, they wanted it was sure to rain and that would have been uh, you know, near disasters to the Golkund roof was being laid down and they asked mother mother would always tell Shurabindu later on, several times she would do, but otherwise she would tell Shurabindu and then Shurabindu would look outside and, and the rain stops till just the time required now, why would mother say Shurabindu? See, then we understand the Leela of Sita and Ram. Sita could have very easily destroyed Ra, uh, I mean, Ravan. Very easy. She could pick up a blade of grass and say, you dare not cross it. See, Jagat Janni. And that's why when Hanuman comes and says, I, Mata, you come with me. And she says, no. She herself could have walked. But Ram has to play his own part. Look at, you know, how she... No, Ram will come and rescue. That is the beauty of that scripture. And many others. So, it's equally true of Draupadi. And since we are talking of Mata Sita, where some people may or may not know, when she was five years old, she had lifted Shiva Dhanush, which Rama later on breaks, casually. Nobody was supposed to lift this. And her father saw it. Five-year-old girl. Casually. So he said, only somebody who can ever lift this bow, I will, and put the string, I will get him married. Because he realized, it's not an ordinary girl who has come to my house. So, that Leela we understand. Then disobedience and indiscipline. Of course, with regard to the master. Dissimulation and falsity of speech. This is an exceedingly injurious habit of the lower nature. To say things which are not true and to make it appear. Just give that little twist which changes everything. 
a dangerous habit of constant self justification i am right i have to be right nobody else can be right <laughs> and uh, but at the end he says whatever the difficulties of the nature however long and painful the process of dealing with them they cannot stand in the end against the truth if there is or if there comes in these parts the true spirit attitude and endivar so not to close our eyes but to walk with open eyes and to always rely on the mother human relationship affection love tenderness are in their nature psychic we are not supposed to be daggers drawn and crossed we are not supposed to smile at each other is <laughs> shubindi saying affection love tenderness not saying they are human they are in their nature psychic the vital has them because the psychic is trying to express itself through the vital it is through the emotional being that the psychic most easily expresses for it stands just behind it in the heart center but it wants these things to be pure not that it rejects the outward expression through the vital and the physical but in the but as the psychic being is the form of the soul it naturally feels the attraction of soul to soul the nearness of soul to soul the union of soul with soul are the things that are to it most abiding and concrete big letter dilip kumar roy asks that uh, nobody seems to be smiling here and everybody is so serious so what kind of yoga is this and shubindu says absence of love and fellow feeling is not necessary for nearness to the divine because he thought probably i have to cut off from everybody and then only i'll realize the divine he says no it's not necessary a sense of on the contrary a sense of closeness and oneness with others is a part of the divine consciousness into which the sadhak enters by nearness to the divine and the feeling of oneness with the divine an entire rejection of all relations is indeed the final aim of the mayavadin and in the ascetic yoga an entire loss of all relations of friendship and affection and attachment to the world and its living beings would be regarded as a promising sign of advance but even there i think a feeling of oneness and unattached spiritual sympathy unattached not like something we begin to cry and weep we understand the struggle and suffering of human beings but unattached is at least a penultimate sign like the compassion of the buddhist in this yoga the feeling of unity with others love universal joy and ananda are an essential part of the liberation and perfection which are the aim of the sadhana but then he says on the other hand human society human friendship love affection fellow feeling are mostly and usually not entirely or in all cases founded on a vital basis and are ego held at their center it is because of the pleasure of being loved the pleasure of enlarging the ego by contact etc then he says that men usually love so he doesn't want that this should be the basis he want the basis to be true not abandon love but to make it true pure beautiful refined there is a passing uh, when mother speaks about love in collected works volume 3 one of the conversations she said wherever the psychic has entered into a human's story of love it has become beautiful so and these are steps and stages 
and it speaks about yogic attitude indecision and instability i'll uh, one important thing fear mother speaks of fear as the worst impurity in fact fear is shubhendras is not natural even it is the creation of hostile forces if you want to do yoga you must get rid of fear yoga and fear do not go together i think it's simple english very simple <laughs> doing is difficult okay but there also there is no fear in the higher nature not only nirbhayo brahman is nirbhayo but even higher consciousness fear is a creation of the vital plane and instinct of the ignorance and then it has to be replaced that replaces and prevents or distorts the intelligence of things it might also be considered as an invention of the hostile forces so what happens is that it it clouds our vision we cannot see things properly and therefore it it is not good even for the intelligence okay mother how to cure ourselves of things to separate yourself from the thing and call in the mother's force to cure it is the yogic method not to be afraid not to be tense separate and call or else to use your own will force with faith in the power to heal having the support of the mother's force behind you if you cannot use either of these method then you must rely on the action of the medicine so <laughs> because there may be hesitation doubt it's okay and use the medicine don't make a fetish of <laughs> i often say if you have come to the doctor that means you need medicine <laughs> you have come there if you really have that you won't it's well known you don't go to a doctor for the doctor to tell you that you know have faith <laughs> i mean <laughs> he may tell you but after some time he may lose his uh, degree <laughs> medicines are a piss eller that have to be used when something in the consciousness does not respond or respond superficially to the force so sometime necessary because the subconscious is not ready then what is the effort demanded one small little what is the effort demanded in the yoga the effort demanded of the sadhak is that of aspiration rejection and surrender same thing we see in the mother if these three are done the rest is to come of itself by the grace of the mother and the working of her force in you but of the three somebody may say but one tell us one three is like aspiration hota nahi hai rejection is near impossible surrender is difficult so tell us one look at the compassion of of the divine incarnate but of the three the most important is surrender so how to know there is surrender of which the first necessary form is trust and confidence and patience in difficulty there is no rule that trust and confidence can only remain if aspiration is there on the contrary when even aspiration is not there because of the pressure of inertia trust and confidence and patience can remain so people who say things like oh my aspiration has failed so there is no hope for me my aspiration fails so what can mother do is all bogus suggestions so surrender with trust and confidence in the grace on the contrary the sadhak should feel what he should say never mind my aspiration will come back again meanwhile i know that the mother is with me even when i do not feel her she will carry me through even the darkest period 
it's can there be something more clear and more definitive and practical and of course um, finally about the hostile forces now hostile forces are a fact of yoga and that's why we see in ramayana when vishwamitra is doing yoga then all this talaka and all this marich subhav they are all coming and pouring wine and meat and all this so what does it mean they sometimes they want to destroy they are attacking the fire it is very interesting they are not killing the rishi right away later on they do it first they attack the fire all the yoga you see rishi parashar that's how he got his name because he became pangomuni all this you know sahasra bahu came attacked so they were destroying the yagyavedi then they destroy because as long as the yagyavedi is active you can't come near you know if you have the fire animals stay away and with the inner fire many of these forces so they destroy that inner fire how by doubt by despair by depression by saying that mother can't help me i am a useless fellow that's how they throw things which are detrimental and once somebody takes ah baat to sahi hai that's true i made a mistake of taking to this yoga this path is not meant for me that is the time they destroy they are waiting for that moment when arjuna will say kesha what did you do see abhimanyu died and jadrath is nowhere in sight you failed me kesha or maybe i am useless arjun doesn't say that that's why there is hope but they want that you reach that point where you deny the divine grace close to it and that's when they seize and kill this is their strategy kill may not be physical but you know spiritual this they rob and that's bad enough and so all this is there but he says if there is faith and surrender there can be no attack sincerity vigilance but most important element is faith and surrender endurance perseverance patience it takes time but go through it and uh, another thing there are two things that make it impossible for the hostile forces to succeed even temporarily in any attack on the mind or the vital so you want to know what are those two things first an entire love devotion and confidence that nothing can shake secondly a calm and equality in the vital as well as in the mind which becomes the fundamental character of the inner nature suggestions then may still come things go wrong outside but the feeling remains invulnerable this is the sunlit path now you see now we understand the story of prahlad we people say this is all mythology this is the reality of inner life if you are like prahlad prahlad didn't say oh dad you have been doing these things for me he didn't say like you know that topi wala jo topi ko sita tha the people have made such a big fetish out of him named roads after him morangzeb who killed his brothers but look at the ideal of india way back prahlad doesn't say oh you have done this to me i'll raise an army and destroy you rama also doesn't say that look at our culture i mean it's something so profound and this is many thousand years before all these religions came into existence so what does prahlad do he is very quiet father says you sit uh, with uh, your bua we are going to have a magic show and poor child doesn't know <laughs> okay that i'll sit what does he do he is not calculating anything 
that my father may be scheming, he has done this kind of job earlier. <laughs> he has blood on his hands. He simply says, Hari, 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 Hari. He will say, Ma, 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 Ma. If love and devotion are there, surrender is there, faith is there, they will they cannot touch. This is the story of Mark and Day. These may sound myths to the most gross external living man. But to anyone who has led even little bit of inner life, they are the facts of inner existence. So all this he says, and at the end he says that never think about hostile forces. <laughs> As some people keep thinking, he says that is the way they open the door. This is hostile. That is oh, hostile forces are coming. He says you are not supposed to do that. There is a this is a fact so he has dealt with. In Letters on Yoga, you will see a whole chapter. Why not? Because it is an important element. In fact, as far as I know, Shurabindu is the only one after the Vedic Rishis who speak about these hostile forces. But he is cautioning us, don't keep thinking about them. If you keep thinking about them, that is the, that's how they attack. So, instead of thinking about them, think about the divine the mother's help is always there, but you are not conscious of it except when the psychic is active and the consciousness not clouded. Suggestions come to all, even to the greatest sadhaks or to the avatars. As they came to Christ or Buddha, obstacles are there, they are part of nature and they have to be overcome. What has to be attained is not to accept the suggestions of failure, fall, disintegration, guilt. Guilt has no place in yoga. Some, you have to look at the thing, understand and move forward. Not to admit them as the truth or as one's own thoughts. Okay, this is a part, but this not me, this doesn't define me. To see them for what they are and keep oneself separate. Obstacles have to be looked to as something wrong in the machinery of human nature which has to be changed. They should not be regarded as sins. Sin has no place in yoga. Sanatan yoga. <laughs> it has a lot of place in uh, where yoga has changed into an organized religion. Because if you have sin, then you have purge, then you have, you know, that's how a whole organized system runs. The racket of religion runs. But in Indian yoga, you don't have. You have paschatap, which is a different thing altogether. Santap. You realize that this is something which should not have been done. It's a wrongdoing. It's not out of sense of sin or guilt. But you discover that there is a wrong movement. Oh, I need to correct it. So there is tap, tapasya, pascha, tap. It's a tapasya. How? You want to correct that movement like Ahilya. She actually knew that he is Indra. I mean, leaving apart the stories. And she was momentarily enamored that, Oh, God of gods, he has come to me. Maybe it's okay once, but she is doing that kind of sadhana. So what does, she not cursed that you become stone. I mean, and you can't become stone. But she engages into tapasya. Moving, unmoving still. And that's why when Rama is coming, Rama and Lakshman with Vishwamitra. So Vishwamitra, what does he tell them? There is a great tapaswini, you must touch her feet. <laughs> they don't say there is a sinner who is repentant. That is how it is described. There is a great tapaswini. You must have her darshan. Touch her feet. But that's the time her tapasya gets completed. So, 
See, sins, they will come, but you should not regard it as sins and wrongdoings which make one despair of oneself and of the sadhana. You ask whether the adverse force is stronger than the divine force. The implication is that a man has no responsibility for his, for his actions. See how he is seeing through the insincerity of human nature. Obviously, divine force is stronger. But when we ask this question, what does it mean? I'll do nothing. Divine should do everything. So he's pointing out. See, this letter is beautiful. With this, we'll stop. But look at the perfection. And whatever he does or however he errs and falls in consequence, the divine force is to blame. What can I do? Edward's force came. Divine force did nothing. It may be so. <laughs> look at the perfection. He says, yes, you can blame the divine force. It may be so. But in that case, there is no need or utility in doing sadhana. We have to do our effort, even if it fails, even if it is a gilary, squirrel. We can't just sit and say, we can't do, adverse forces have come, divine force. Even there, there are letters where he says, if there is truly the complete surrender and faith, it will happen. But there you have to wait, there is a time which happens. You have to do that. One has only to sit still and let the adverse force or the divine force do what they like. So, <laughs> according to that theory, the devil was quite right in telling Christ, cast thyself down from this mountain and let his angels come and upbear thee. So, this was the challenge. One devil assumes the form and tells Christ, you say that your God is all powerful, throw yourself from this tower. He will save you. So, Christ said, no, one must not tempt the Lord my God. This is not what it means that I do a foolish thing. He will still save, that is different. But this approach, this is not the approach that a sadhak should take. So he says, and Christ was quite wrong in rejecting the suggestion. I mean, according to that theory. And saying, it is written, thou shalt not tempt, put to a test the Lord thy God. Because what you are doing, you are testing God. I Let me see whether you will save me or not. Now that is a lack of faith, reliance. On the contrary, you are adopting a very superior attitude and trying. That should not be. But yes, if you stumble, fall, if you have faith hundred thousand times, he will you know, protect us, save us, teach us, take us out. So these are the wonderful letters and many, many more. As I said, these are to be read. Each section to be read in completely. And I believe... If one can just read letters on yoga, four volumes plus letters on the mother, which we'll read next time. One has read everything as far as the theory and the practice of integral yoga is concerned. And please read from these originals because they say from every angle. And there are not too many. How many pages? Let me just see. Each one is roughly about 500. 800. Okay. 800 in one issue. Not not bad. So 800 into 4. 3,200 pages. Let us on the mother. Let's say 4,000 pages. If you read 5 pages a day. 5 into 300. 1,500 pages. In 3 or 4 years you can complete the entire set. Not a bad bargain. So let's start. Let us on yoga. As a not only companion volume, but as a constant companion volume. Namaste.